Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Don't you think today would be a good day to share some running and Jesus stories. Well, to help me with that, once again, is Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. How's your week been? Man, it's been been, been busy, but good. Man, what about the weather? Man, the weather's great. 80 degrees here in North Georgia at the 1st of March. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. You get the feeling that we're going to have one more really cold snap. Oh, we will. You know, here in the South, we have dogwood winter and we have blackberry winter so when the dogwood trees start to bloom we'll get another cold snap and then when the blackberries start to come out we'll get another cold snap so all, it, uh, all those folks listening up north are like what what <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, i don't know they may have something like that up there i'm sure they do they so, probably you know, we always do. get these lagging cold snaps so um, yeah but yeah it's a yeah. uh, beautiful outside today yeah spring's right around the corner yeah hey so before we get started um again if you have a business out there and you would like to support run for god while we support you send an email to run lane hollis at gmail.com lane and get you all the information on how to do just that uh, but this week's sponsor is superior plumbing and electrical superior plumbing and electric has the best service for all your plumbing and electrical needs they do commercial industrial and residential they service calhoun and all the surrounding areas including right here where we're at in Whitfield County. You can find them on Facebook at Superior Plumbing and Electrical Systems, Inc. today. And uh, thanks to Russell and all the guys down there. I just left them. They were working on a job for us right now. Great group of guys, great family. And, um, yeah, I mean, those are those guys are hard to come by nowadays. Well, you're not kidding. <laughs> Reliable folks. That, There's that, a lady right here in our neighborhood building a house, and she's been having a, a tough time finding a plumber because – Everybody's so busy right now, and yeah. Um, so yeah, Superior, give them a call if you if you need anything done. Very good. All right, how about a Facebook post from this past week? This one's really short, but I like it, and it's for, it came uh, comes from Trish Pendry. Says, I was supposed to do my third workout for week six yesterday. After doing an eight mile hike with some family members, I could not bring myself to do it. This afternoon, I was having a debate with myself when my sister called, inviting us to dinner with her family and my parents. No way I could run after eating. So, going sweaty to dinner, but got it done. Halfway there. I love the no excuses there. I do too. Whatever whatever the situation, she fitted in. You know, I've had to do this a few times. Um, You know, we've talked about running to kids' ball games and t-ball games and you know, fit it in wherever you can fit it in. Um, yeah, and sometimes not, we'll say, "Well, I'm going to eat this evening. I don't have time. Can't get it in." Well, start your run and have your spouse pick you up in 30 minutes. You know, yeah. 30 minutes down the road. Yeah, um, and it is okay to do stuff a little sweaty. It's okay. Yeah, it's it fine. makes for a good story. Absolutely, you really impress people when you show up like that. They're like, "You just did what?" Yeah, that's right. You just ran here, really. <laughs> One of the other things about this post, too, is that 
she missed the workout right. for one reason one day, but then the next day it was like, I don't care what it takes. I'm yeah. getting this in. And That's a slippery slope. It is, but she didn't allow herself right. exactly. to get a foot on there, and, and I, I like that. So, yeah, she said she was having a debate with herself, which we, we've all been through that. I've done right? that, yeah. yeah, yeah. Here's what we have to do. We have to quit debating ourselves. We just have to do it, right? Yeah. I mean, that's at the point we get to, right? We get to that point where we go, well, I, what am I doing? Why, why? See, I, there's no other time I call myself names yeah. except in these moments. <laughs> Either it, it always has to, it always revolves around workouts. Either it's, you know, I'm fighting with myself about, am I doing this workout right now or am I going to try to procrastinate and I'll start calling myself names? Or it's during a workout when I want to slow down or whatever it is, I'm just not feeling it. And I call myself names then. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I have some battles with myself in those times. <laughs> For sure, we all do. Our trivia question from last week was this. Steve Prefontaine is arguably the most popular running in American distance running. How many gold medals did Prefontaine win in his journey to being the most remembered of all time? Did you know this one? I knew this one. Did you? Yeah. yeah. It was a trick question. It, it was kind of a trick yeah. question. Because Steve Prefontaine never won a medal. Which is amazing to think about. Yeah. Of course, that's the thing about the Olympics is the timing. Yeah, you got to be on that day. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've also got to be – you're peaking in your career at that particular four-year mark. So. That's, that's right. That's right. I, I'm, I'm 100% sure he would have gotten a medal at the next Olympics. Just the way he was driven and all. Now but he of course, went to the Munich. Was it Munich? Munich Olympics. That's where all the, the stuff happened. It's true. Um, yep. Yep. Was very disappointed in himself. What was uh, it happened there? Well. I'm trying to the, remember. The Munich thing, the 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 uh, assassinations, and then the the Black Power thing that happened up on the podium, and it was all this, that's right. It, it was all political stuff. Right. A lot yeah. of political stuff happened in the '72 Olympics, right. and. Uh, I th- I'm pretty sure it was the 72 Olympics. I'm hoping I'm not speaking out of turn. That sounds I'm, right, yeah. I'm hoping that wasn't 68. I'm pretty sure it was No, 72. I think it was 72, yeah. Yeah, anyway. Uh, but anyway, Prefontaine was there. He ran the 5K, and he did not win. He f- wound up fading to fourth over the last lap. He was in second going into the last lap, and, uh, and, and a couple of guys got him over the last little bit. And um, he was just – he didn't run the race the way he wanted to run the race – and it, it irritated him. If you've ever seen, there's a couple of movies out, a couple of, of uh, Prefontaine movies, Without Limits and Prefontaine, and Pre, I think it is. Um, and, and language it, warning on all of them. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, it kind of describes that 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 race mm-hmm. in a way that, that you kind of understand kind of what happened a little bit there. Because um, he was very headstrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was he had his way of doing things, and he wanted to do things his way, and he was kind of – I think his coach kind of talked him into trying something a little bit different in the Olympics since it was the Olympics, and he felt like that was part of the reason that he didn't didn't medal that day. So anyway, hmm. um, at the time of his death, he held every record from two thousand meters to ten thousand meters uh, in the United States. That's crazy. That's that's impressive. Yeah, that's impressive. Um, but again, he never won a gold medal. He finished fourth in that in that five k. Um, Lassie Viren is the guy who won it. Who you know, even if even if Prefontaine had run his best race that day, there's a good chance Lassie Viren still would have won because he probably was the best in the world that time. Um, but he probably 
under different circumstances may have been able to finish second at least um so this is interesting prefontaine wasn't a runner when he was really young Mm -hmm. he played football he played basketball he he loved these other sports which we see a lot in young athletes today Mm -hmm. they like these other sports because frankly they're easier Mm -hmm. and um and so he, he he was into that well he was a short guy Mm-hmm. So he didn't play a lot. And so he saw some runners out there running and he thought, I wonder about that. He thought it was pretty boring. Didn't really think there was anything to it, but he thought, well, I'll try it. And so he went out his freshman year and decided to run track. And uh, he ran 501 for the mile his freshman year. Well, you know, 501, it's really nothing to write home about. Right. Is it good for a freshman? It's pretty good, yeah. but it's nothing outstanding um lots of freshmen will run faster than 501 um but he started getting into it at that point in time that's how he got started um and he wanted to go to college uh in state he was from oregon he was from coos bay oregon which is out on the coast of oregon and um little small town which is which is kind of cool his father had gone to the university of oregon but bill bowerman who was the coach at the university of oregon didn't really recruit he didn't recruit anybody really hard. Right. He was just like, we have the mystique of the University of Oregon. If you want to come here, great. If you don't, well, that's your choice. But- well, that's that was my question because I've never really – I mean, I've seen some of the pre-movies, but was – was Oregon what it is today back then? Yes. As far as running? Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. University of Oregon was, was – I didn't know if pre kind of – put them on uh, a different level oh he, he did yeah but they were still university it was of oregon still the running school what was yeah, yeah was was one of the places to be if you want if you want to be a runner and um so he, you know bill bowerman just kind of felt like he, he wasn't going to beg for athletes um and so but what happened was he found out pre was waffling a little bit and he was like i'm not sure what i want to do you know it doesn't seem like the university of oregon wants him and so uh bill bowerman just had to write a letter he wrote him one letter, and that letter basically said, if you come to the University of Oregon, we'll make you the best distance runner in the world. And Pree was like, well, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll do that. Uh, so he goes to the University of Oregon, has a great career at the University of Oregon, only lost just a few races at the University of Oregon. And every race he lost was a mile or under. Right. He never lost a race over a mile. Um, but he was 24 years old when he died. Um, I've been to that location where he died, where it's, it's called Pree's Rock. There's kind of a memorial there for him. Um, it's still hard for me to believe that he was going fast enough in that spot to be able to flip a car over. Mm. Um, but I guess you're going downhill, you're going around a curve. I guess he was just going too fast. And he was driving a convertible. Had he been driving anything but a convertible, Pree probably would still be alive today. Mm. Um, but that was just kind of him. You yeah. know, he was just that hair in the wind kind of guy yeah and uh so um he was actually still alive um at first when he first when the car pinned him under it and he was he was talking and alive and conscious um but then died by the time the emts got there Hmm. um and i think part of the reason i've always wondered why pre why was he so popular and why is he still to this day he's incredibly popular everybody knows if you're a runner you know the name Prefontaine. I mean, and plus, because I was making fun of Lane the other night, because he Lane's kind of flirting around with the idea of a beard, and he kind of shaved it back, but he left his mustache out. And I said, "You're trying to grow the pre-stache." <laughs> and you, if you look at a lot of runners now, mm-hmm. especially high school, college, 
they'll grow that mustache out and that's that was one of prefontaine signatures was that's, the mustache that's right that's and right. Uh, you still see a lot of people do that today for that reason even though they'll try to say it's for something else oh sure like, no no it's not yeah 100 percent. because nobody <laughs> else is doing it there aren't any non-runners doing that right it's, yeah it's just runners right yeah uh, but his personality was so powerful i mean he was one of those guys you know you you picture that he if he walked into a room everybody turned to look and see what what pre was doing as he walked in the room because he just commanded mm-hmm. that that kind of thing which was interesting because his coach was the same way bill bowerman was the same way he was the guy now he was quieter than pre but when he walked in a room everybody paid attention to what he had to had to say um so i think it was i think it's his personality but i think also the fact that he did die when he was young hmm. you just don't know what he would have done and so everybody likes to think about well pre would have been the greatest distance runner that ever lived right. if he had lived a little bit longer and now one thing you didn't have in your notes but is is kind of my favorite part especially of one of the movies and if the movie if it's not too hollywoodized or dramatized this was the birthplace of nike mm-hmm. and the first pair of nikes bill bauer made in a waffle iron right for pre right to try out yep and that was the very first pair people assumed that nike was started in basketball or some other sport but it started in a waffle iron with bill bowerman making prefontaine a pair of shoes and and actually nike is nikkei which is what does that mean in greek victory victory yeah and uh so that that's probably the my favorite part of the movie is understanding that that's where yeah you know this worldwide organization nowadays came from was from prefontaine yeah i think there was a little bit of embellishment in the movie i don't well, know i figured that, there probably was i don't know that he made that first pair specifically for pre i don't know that there's any evidence to show that but he did it was when the that, movie they make it look that way yes yeah but that that the timing of it was right. definitely while pre was there and he definitely benefited from it no mm-hmm. question about it and uh yeah that was a that was a big deal yeah, yeah. obviously pre has several quotes that people talk about all the time i think my favorite one is where he says I want to work it. To, I don't remember. I'm not reading the exact quote, but I want to work it to where it's a pure guts only race. Yeah. And then I'm the only one who can win. Yeah. I just love that kind of confidence. And that yeah. Kind and of, I love, I love that kind of racing. You know, nowadays yeah. there's so much strategy, and I get it. But yeah, I love to see a guy go out and just. It's either you're going to win. Or you're going to blow sky high. Yeah. And that's the way he ran. I yeah. mean, he, he, you, you said in your notes, he would dare anyone to go with him. That's exactly right. And, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. I've, I've watched several race, races with him in it. And, yeah, I mean, you can just see it on his face. Yeah. He's yeah. like, come on, I dare you. Yeah. Yeah. One of his other quotes is, the best pace is a suicide pace. Yeah. Exactly. And today's a good day to die. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, he would just, I mean, it was just like he was so intense yeah. about his racing. And there's something refreshing about that. There cause, is. Because, yeah. like you said today, there's so much nuance in everything right. now. It's, it's and, all about the, the gear, the strategy, or the negative splits or positive splits. And he just, he didn't care about any of that. That's right. If he saw what was going on nowadays, he would just roll his eyes and yep. take off. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. 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 So, so he was said for that. Definitely a fun guy. But he never won a medal in the Olympics. Yeah. That's so, true. That's that's a, true. It was a shame. All right. So April 3rd's coming. Coming. We've yeah. got the 5K challenge starting. Um, we also have a new group of people who may be tuning into this podcast about now. You know, Guidepost, who we've partnered with on devotions going forward, they have started putting some 
press releases out and some sending some emails out to their database. So if if you saw us and are listening to this through Guidepost, uh, some of their correspondence, welcome. Uh, we hope that you'll join the club. It's a uh, it's a great place to be. But we've also got a special thing coming up on April third. We're starting the uh, worldwide virtual five k challenge. And so this is perfect. It's spring of the year. Everybody loves this time getting active. Uh, you can you can sign up for the 5K challenge. We do all the heavy lifting. You tune in once a week. The, the videos drop on Sunday mornings. You can watch them anytime Sunday or Monday, sometime in that time frame. You get three workouts in. But the best part, and we're going to talk about this in Mary's story, everybody hands down talks about the group. Mm. The Facebook group you have, you may be the only person in your family, on your street or in your community doing this 5k challenge, but rest assured you have a whole community of people around you who are going to be cheering you on through this process. We got people in the marathon challenge as we speak, and it's just, it's incredible to get on there and look at the comments, the encouragement, the motivation, the inspiration. Um, so for for 27 cents a day you just can't beat what we're doing here so we hope that you will join us also uh april the weekend of april 9th and 10th if you can make it to dalton georgia and you're a member of run club the the race is free but we're having a big get together party here in dalton georgia for all the run club members uh we're gonna we're gonna eat together we're gonna run together we're gonna pray together we're gonna worship together uh, we're going to have a concert and good old Southern barbecue. Uh, so if you can make it, go to runforgod.com and check out the, the 5K Challenge weekend. Uh, check out both of these things, mm-hmm. uh, starting the 5K Challenge, or maybe you want to come to Dalton and, and run a 5K. And, and Or maybe you want to come to Dalton and not run the 5K, but enjoy all the festivities and just meet all these great people that you're corresponding with through the Facebook group. So, uh, yeah, we got a lot of cool things coming up this spring. Well, I could tell you could tell when I get a notification every time somebody signs up and yeah. you could tell the, the codes went out for yeah. uh, for the free because it just my my email blew up. My phone was just every every few seconds was going off. And if you're that's another thing. If you're a new member to Run Club, the codes went out a few days ago as of this recording. But if you're a new member to run club uh, and you haven't gotten your code reach out to us send dina email at dinarunforgod.com we've got all those codes on hand uh so for whatever reason you didn't get it if you're listening and you hadn't checked your email check your email uh if you're a current member and have been a member your code is there for your free entry so uh it's gonna be awesome yeah excited yeah definitely and let me say this about one of the things that you were talking about was the facebook group and i know because i get emails from people saying i just i don't do facebook Mm -hmm. and listen i completely understand it and if you choose not to do facebook listen that's up to you we're not we certainly aren't judging you in a harsh way we're not not pro facebook we're We're pro run club group yes which just happens to be on facebook and, and i would encourage you just just if all you just have that one page just mm-hmm. the run club page and don't look through anything else on facebook except that run club page you can create a link yep that goes straight to that page so if yeah. you click on facebook on your computer you can set it up to where it goes straight to that page and not to your home page and all that um because yeah i get it i and do I, and i promise you you will not be disappointed but it's the most effective yeah. platform for us to be on to do what we're doing. And that's right. the only reason we're on there. We, we've looked at trying to create, uh, you know, blog forums and things like But, I mean, 
one thing you can say about Facebook, if they have that process down pat, so we've just found it's it's it doesn't make sense to try to replicate it yeah. because technology changes so much. So we've we've decided to to keep using that platform to do the Facebook group. So um, yep. it's awesome though. Yeah, absolutely. All right. If you haven't listened to J Radio yet, if you're new and just listen to this podcast and you haven't heard about J Radio even, then you need to check out J Radio. It's a it's a great, great uh, if you want to listen to good music mm-hmm. and you, you don't have to worry about stuff coming on that you got to fast forward through because you don't like the, the lyrics or whatever. J Radio is the place for you. Somebody made a comment the other day about my playlist. Did you see that? I, I saw I saw one. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Mine's the best playlist on there, just well, so you guys know. It yeah. it really is. It's, there is. It's got a mixture in there. Yeah, it just depends on who you are. <laughs> Social media? Nope. Grocery store tabloids? Nope. The newspaper? Not usually. The national news? Are you serious? Is there any media source these days that only shares a positive message? A lot of the media we take in each day can be pretty negative. Why not make the decision right now that your music will only be positive? Sign up for an account at jradio.com today and download the app in your app store. With music for every moment and entirely positive Christian message, it'll be nice to hear things going right for a change. So we're back, Dean. We have got to do something about high school track meets. <laughs> they are way too long. Uh, it was it, like what nine o'clock almost. Yeah, before we got home the other night, it was late. I mean, and I left early. Yeah, yeah. As soon as landing was done running, I was gone. I left at the same time. Yeah, but um, yeah, but that, it's it's fun. I love I love this time. I love this time of year just like I love fall when yeah cross country gets started. Uh, yeah. The meets were painfully slow, like you say here, but well, but and if still you, a lot of fun. If you think they're painfully slow for you, consider this: I spend a lot of weekends at college track meets where they're not slow. They move along. There's yeah. a schedule. You know exactly when each event's going to go off, and it just—I mean, everything moves quick. And so I see the efficiency at which a track meet can be executed. <laughs> then, yeah, and then to see. Oh, what are we waiting for? And we're but, not throwing mud. No. I mean, it's high school track meets. It's usually all volunteers. That's the problem. Some of it's teachers that don't really understand what's going on. Usually you got one guy. With us, it's tyranny. Yeah. He knows exactly what's going on. Sure. But it's just hard. And I get it. Instead of trying to explain what somebody needs to do, he'll just go do it. Right. And like we saw him starting the 200 relays the other night. And he walked all the way to the exchange zone at the 200 and had to come all the way back. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I'm not sure. throwing mud, but. No. And then, and then part of the, you know, at the end of each event, they all, they all get names and, and, and all at the end of each event. And so it's, it's a, it's a, it's a longer process because of the yeah. way they're not doing electronic timing, which makes that's what speeds everything up you do electronic timing and you have the results as soon as everybody's done if there's something wrong they check it real quick if there's something wrong they fix it and they they move on to the next thing so it's understandable but it is tough to go through yeah 
Hey, you know, on Thursday nights, we do a live session on Thursday nights, and uh, it's a lot of fun. Hopefully, it's very informative. Sometimes that Thursday night is a running-related topic where we're learning about something specific to running or something related to running. Um, It could be about diet. It could be about strength training. But it also could be a a Bible study or Mm -hmm. or something like that. It it varies a good bit. And I like to get some input from what other people want to hear. And so I heard loud and clear. Um, last last week, for example, that uh, people want to hear about injuries. Well, by the time this comes out, we'll probably have had a Thursday night where we talk about injuries. And um, so if you got ideas on what you want to hear about on, on Thursday nights, uh, let me know. But also, you can tune in there and you can get some questions answered if you've got some questions. So let's park on injuries for just a second because this is, this is going on in my house right now. You know, there's the age-old debate on when you have a something that's minor that you either take off for two weeks or you try to you, you try to get through it what what is what is the right answer if somebody let's say has a a quad strain there's not a right answer and I'll give you I'll tell you why I know that because I just had two athletes on our college team that I gave two of them two weeks off mm-hmm. one of them did wonders for her she is back to almost normal now the other one no change at all in those two weeks she's back basically where she was mm-hmm. and she's going to work through it now um, because we realized time off didn't wasn't therapeutic for her, mm-hmm. and so it's really really difficult. It just depends on the person. It's so um, frustrating. Yeah, I had somebody that I was actually I sent somebody a personal message the other day because I didn't want to open up a controversy on Facebook because they had they had had an issue and they posted it on Facebook and I sent her a, a direct message because there are running injuries that we can run through, but everybody wants to say. You need to take time off. Listen to your body. Your body's telling you to take time off. I get that sentiment, and and I and I listen to your body is very very important. But there are times to run through stuff too, and um, runner's knee a good is a good example of that. Runner's knee typically, depending on how severe it is, uh, you can run through it if mm-hmm. you do. There's some things you can do to help mitigate the the symptoms and things and make it better and run through it um i've done it a number of times myself Mm. um and so yeah it's that's a hard hard Mm -hmm. question to answer that's what i hate about injuries yeah is anytime somebody comes to me it's not cut and dry no it's not and here's the problem another athlete on on our team who's who's having a problem now her injury was so bad she couldn't walk that's what that, that was her what came out of her mouth she couldn't walk but she could run. <laughs> so how bad is your injury really, right? So everybody yeah. has a different pain tolerance level too. So for some people, it's not really an injury until I really literally almost can't walk. Yeah. And then for other people, it's an injury when I can feel something that doesn't feel And then right. I think, and I, I think this may be what's going on in my house, somebody gets it in their head. You know, they've, they've dealt with some pretty substantial injuries in the past, and now they're fearful that something's coming back. And it's like they don't... Do you go? Do you stop? And I've I've pretty much turned it over to him. Yeah. And said, "You tell me when you're ready." Because I, I know he's yeah. not. Want, I know he's wanting to get back today. Right. But you know he's hearing one thing from me. He's hearing one thing from his cross country coach. And 
none of them are the right answer. And I explained that to him. I said, there, yeah. there is no right answer here. It really comes down to you. Yep. And he knows his body well enough yep. to know if he needs to move forward or if he needs to stop. Or, But he's just in turmoil over it right now. And I get it. And I, I sure. feel it. You know? And you know what? The truth is, sometimes you're going to make the wrong decision. Sure. And you're going to go the wrong way. Yeah. And all you can do is back up and, and, and do the other thing. Yeah, but I think for me, I think in the past when I've had injuries – to me, when you when you go out for a run and you have an injury, you can feel if it's if it's working itself out or if it's regressing. Sometimes I, I feel like I sense that because you know the question is does it does it feel better as you run or does it progressively get worse if you run? To me, that's almost a litmus test, and that's not scientific nor medically a stamp of approval on that, but. To me, that makes the most sense. Is it does. But how does it progress? But let me give you an anecdotal thing that happened with me. I had one of those where it would hurt for the first couple of miles of every run, but then it would feel better anything past a couple of miles. And so I just kept running on it. I mean, for, for a couple of months. Yeah. I eventually found out I had a stress fracture in my femur. See, I don't understand how that started feeling better though during the run. I, I don't that just either. Blows my mind. I don't either. But there's some things that just you just can't explain, and so it's that's why it's a, it's. I mean, it, it, you just don't know. Yeah, it's so hard. It's so hard, and it took me a long time to finally back off of that. And once I did, I had to take three full months off mm. of that one because it was it had become serious. Yeah. So, I wanted to talk about one other thing. You were talking about high school track meets, and and. We had it. We have a girl. There's a girl on on the team. Her name is Karen. <laughs> yeah. And Karen we is talked a, about Karen on here before. She is a special, special girl, smiling all the time. She lives in a group home, and she just comes out there and she just wants to do her best. Mm-hmm. She'll come through. I remember we had a workout here recently where I made her take one of the reps off because she really needed to rest, not because she needed to do less than everybody else, but she needed to rest. And after we get through, she's like, "I'm going to do that one that I missed." Mm-hmm. I'm like. No, Karen, you got in just as much work as everybody else did, but that's how much she wants to get better. And uh, she's even one of those where we had a, a run club member who uh, who had a, a watch that they wanted to give away to somebody who needed it. An expensive it. watch. A very expensive watch. And uh, she, she wound up giving it to Karen, and Karen was just ear to mm-hmm. ear smile when, uh, when she received that. So um, special, special girl. Well, she won – a mm-hmm. race this week yeah and it was the most glorious thing yeah now she didn't run super fast she's not a super fast runner right i mean this is a girl who when she first started was dreadfully slow compared with everybody else and um but man it's cool to see somebody like that do well. yeah you know i was talking to karen after that race and you know we've got to be pretty good buddies just like you and her have and i you know i, I was we were talking about the very first time i met her was at a cross-country practice her freshman year. And, of course, you know, I love to come to cross-country practices and just cheer, give the kids a hard time. You're the coach, but I'm just there blowing everything up usually. <laughs> and I was, I remember I was talking to Karen that freshman year, and Karen's a Hispanic girl. And um, I was talking to her, and she was just nodding her head like she was taking everything in. And then she took off on her rep, and one of the other coaches came up to me and said, she didn't understand a word you said. (laughs) And so I asked Karen the other night about it, and she was like, yeah, I didn't understand a word you said. (laughs) But she was so nice and just smiling, and yes, yes. And, uh, yeah, great, great young lady. Sweetheart. She's going to do big things. 
All right. We all know the story of Mary and Martha from the book of Luke. You know, Martha wanted to make sure that everything was just perfect for Jesus' visit. So she was moving around doing all this stuff. And Mary just wanted to soak in those moments mm-hmm. with Jesus. And this story this week is is related to that. And it, I love this story. And it's from Mar- Mary Priolo. If, if you're a Run Club member, you countdown Mary. Countdown Mary. <laughs> um, and it's called Running Into Mary. I am a child of God, a wife, a mother, a daughter, a sister, an aunt, a friend, a co-worker, a Christian, a Methodist, an accountant, an employee, a dog lover, a Noel, a Gilmore Girls fan, a praise music junkie, a theater lover, a people pleaser, a doer, and a servant heart. I'm a lot of things, including a runner, which was added to the list this year, and I am a Martha. We learn about Martha in the infamous story of Martha and her sister in Luke chapter 10. Martha is one of one whose self-esteem was bound up in more, more in what she does for Jesus rather than who she is in Christ. She was task-oriented. Nothing wrong with that. We need task-oriented people. Me, I'm a task-oriented person. God has gifted me deep within my inner DNA to be like that. What a blessing. There isn't much I have set out to accomplish that I have failed miserably at. Yes, there are some things that haven't worked out in my life, but over time, I've come to realize these failures have been answers to prayers I didn't even know I prayed. And sometimes, what a curse. In achieving what I set out to accomplish, I missed the journey because I was so focused on the task at hand, the goal the check mark on my to-do list of to-dos, the next line on my resume, the highlight added to my Facebook feed. With my husband, we met late in life and got a late start on our family, so we have moved at the speed of light in the last 18 years, packing into those years what normal, normal couples get done in 30 or 35 years. Careers, homes, dogs, kids, caring for aging relatives, traveling, living life. Raising our kids, I don't remember much of their baby or toddler years. Too focused on getting them raised and to the point where I could reason with them and have real conversations with them. In all their activities, I'm the mom that took charge. Board member of the lacrosse club. That's hard to say. (laughs) School PTA. Backstage mom. Treasurer of Girl Scout troops. You name it. If I could be involved, I was and am. At work, always the get-it-done girl. No project or task, too big or too small. Moved up the ranks and into leadership roles in every company I've worked for, whether I was an employee or a consultant. Need something accomplished? Give the task to me. At church, since day one, I was hooked. I found my people and I found my place to be. And in the last 15 years at my church, I've been on most committees, coordinated or started many small groups, including our current run club. Sang in the praise band on Sunday mornings, helped coordinate, set up or tear down most events, host vacation Bible school, work with our children's ministry, lead new member classes, anywhere I can plug in or there was a call to action from our pastor, I am there. Much like Martha, I felt close to God and Jesus when I was doing something. Then COVID hit in 2020. 
All extracurricular activities ceased, and we realized just how scheduled our lives were. Passing each other in the street as we came and went from work or taxied the girls from one activity to another. We enjoyed the free time and simple family time that came from the lockdowns, although it was tough having both my husband and I working from home and the girls in virtual school at home all at the same time. But our evenings were free, and we thought we should probably cut a few activities from our schedules when the world opened back up again. But as our state quickly opened back up, I was back in the office, and we were back in the race again. In fact, things got busier, especially at work. We were, we were virtual at church, but the praise band still rehearsed during the week and broadcast our services on Sunday mornings. The girls' activities picked back up, too, with a condensed lacrosse schedule with back-to-back-to-back weekend tournaments and theater shows that were now performed outdoors in the sunny Florida heat. I felt like the proverbial hamster on a wheel, just going around and around. It was becoming too much. I'm, I'm moving too fast. I was doing nothing well, most of all, my walk with God. That walk kept getting postponed. There was always something else that needed to get done. He would understand. But then, then God. In December 2020, I stumbled upon a Facebook post for Run for God and the Couch to Marathon Challenge. For whatever reason, it caught my attention and I researched the program a little more. Well, a lot more, because I'm a Martha. (laughs) Seeing the marathon was in January 2022, just as I would be turning 50. So I thought, well, why not? A marathon was never on my bucket list, having never run before in my life. But hey, it is a list that is constantly being added to. I had no idea the changes that would happen in my life during the program. I guess you could say over the last year, I ended up running into Mary. I spent less time doing and more time being, being present with Jesus. And in doing so, (coughs) aside from the physical differences, down more than a couple of inches and much better muscle definition and cardiovascular health and blood work, there have been stark changes in my mental acuity. It takes a lot of focus and discipline to work the program and get all the training runs in. Time management. I have no idea where I found all that time to run, and I'm really afraid to think back now to how I was spending my time before this program. Emotional well-being. Talk about a stress reliever. There is nothing crazy that happens during the day that can't be erased with a good six, seven, or ten-mile run. Attitude and patience. I find myself a lot less overwhelmed and more, much more in the moments with my husband, my kids, my friends, even my coworkers. Friendships form this online community of believers with a common love of God and, dare I say, love of running is one of the best experiences and definitely my walk with God. He and I have worked a lot of things out in the past year and our daily talks are so much more meaningful now. Martha serving Jesus and the disciples was good, but she was missing out on something better. Services is often our faith put into action and Christ's love pouring out from us. My task-oriented mindset was missing out on something better. I was missing out on my Jesus. Through running and letting go of the worry and the need to get everything done and the need to be all things to all people, Jesus reminded me that service to others is good, but spending time in his word, praying and listening to his voice is better. Hmm. 
All right, Countdown Mary. She got a little close to me there. That's exactly that's exactly my personality. Yeah. I mean, it, yep. it is. I'm task-oriented. I mean, as I was reading that, I was like, yeah, I do that. Yep. Yeah, I do that. I do that. So, Mary, thanks for the story. Yeah. Uh, thanks yeah. for stomping on my toes and <laughs> calling me out there. No, really. I mean, it was it's incredible. and it's But it's something, you know, you don't have to be task-oriented to become a Martha. Yeah. Um, we all slip into that sometime. We slip into the process and and miss out on the the experience. Yeah, and it's important to realize, and I think we all do, that Martha was doing good. Sure. And a lot absolutely. of times the things that we do, they're good things. It's not bad. But sometimes we just we get wrapped up in whatever we're doing. And you know, a good example for me is you know, I do the I do the the presentation stuff at our church. Mm-hmm. Um, during our services and and there's sometimes I'm, I'm so focused in on doing what i'm doing that i, I kind of miss the message yeah and i get i get home and i'll think what 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 was somebody asked you what would you preach your preach on this morning yeah, i have no idea yeah i was sitting right in front of him yeah have no idea yeah and I, most of the time i i get it but but sometimes you just you're so engrossed in yeah. what you're doing and obviously what i'm doing is good because it's it's helping bring what what we're doing and make it a better experience for everybody that's there and everybody who's watching online sure and so it's it's really a good thing but it, good things get in the way mm-hmm. and and sometimes we just need to find time to do nothing yeah yeah <laughs> and isn't it funny how god can use something like the pandemic <laughs> You know, I've heard this same type of story from a lot of people, Mm -hmm. and it it is so true. And, and man, how quickly we went back to running around like our hair's on fire. Yeah. Um, But we've got to be intentional about – and I just – I did it this past week. You know, you've got to be intentional about saying, whoa, I've got too much on my plate. Because society says busyness is success. That's mm-hmm. the furthest thing from the truth. It's just not true. Yeah. Busyness is is the secret to <laughs> burnout and mm-hmm. overworking and, and just missing God yep. being the biggest one. Yeah. Um, because the, the devil's in our schedule, yep. no doubt about it. Yep, for sure. How about this scripture from Luke, uh, Luke 10, 38 through 42, the story that she's talking about. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you've been to eat at my house before. You you know, I'm usually the person, when we get done eating, I'm more worried about getting everything cleaned up. And I feel like if I do that, then I can relax. But this past week, weekend we had some some friends over for dinner and we got done eating and we sat at the dining room table it had to be two hours left the dishes you know in the kitchen all dirty and and i forced myself not to do that and it's funny the story's coming up today because i forced myself not to be martha just this past weekend and it's amazing i mean just 
how much deeper that friendship got simply from just sitting and talking for two hours with somebody after a meal. But the my, my personality wanted to get up and get everything done. And by that time, it's time for the people to leave. And it's just... And that that transcends over to so many areas, or, or for my life, it, yeah. it trans. I'm just like Mary here, you know. It's it's everything I do, and but you have if that's your personality, you have to be conscious about not letting that be. It may be your personality, but sometimes you got to let that not come out. Yeah, and it's it's a fine line because sure. the you know what what Martha is thinking is well here's Jesus. I need to do my absolute best for him. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to do our absolute best. And so sometimes the, I, this this paints a picture of this is really simple. It's not really simple. Mm-mm. It really is hard. It's really difficult to determine when is the appropriate time and when is not the appropriate time. And, you know, the example you give is a really good one mm-hmm. because that's a good example of of what what is right and what is not right well i said that friendship grew deeper yeah but put that over to you know tomorrow morning i can either get up and i can do my quiet time or i can go work and volunteer at the church all morning yeah and i feel like i'm getting a lot done but the time spent in god's word and talking to him they're both good things yep but one is much more valuable yeah. And you got to get them in the right order. Yeah. And I think that's what's important. I think tasks <clears throat> should always come after relationship. But for a task oriented person like me and Mary here, that's hard to do. Yeah. And there's there's the extreme the other way. Yeah. You know, there's there's there some is. people that they they so into the relationships that their life falls apart around them. Yep. You know, so there's it's a, it's a balance there. Yeah, there is, and, and Jesus is not saying we should drop everything else we do. Right. You know, he's he is saying, but there are times when Jesus, and in those moments when you're not you're not going to be able to get them back, you're mm-hmm. not going to get that sure. that two hours back um, that you're glad you spent now. Sure. Um, and, and you, you could have lost that that conversation by doing something else and mm-hmm. yeah it, it, it's hard but it's i don't know um it, it it's it's an interesting dichotomy and a, and a problem and and it's really it's sort of like the injuries we were talking about just a little while ago yeah is there a right or a wrong right. sometimes you don't know right yeah so but we should always cheat on the side of relationship i think i think that's a good way to put it Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? That's John 11, 25 and 26. Hmm. This is where Martha had just finished telling Jesus that he could have prevented Lazarus's death. Right. So he comes and and the first thing Martha's doing, the task oriented woman is if you'd have been here earlier, this wouldn't have happened, you know, because that's where the mind goes to when you're task oriented. If you'd have been on the job, <laughs> you know, uh, but of course, Jesus is Jesus. And uh, and I think this was a big this, this was a huge light bulb moment for Martha. Yeah. When uh, when she saw what had happened here and that she understood, I think, in the end that she missed 
the 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 whole essence of everything at this point in time where there are any limitations on jesus right. <laughs> but she was you know that was the first that's the first place we go we go we go to what we know mm-hmm. we go to our experience and the truth is is god's experiences aren't our experiences right so <laughs> it's a it's a tough situation <laughs> um another scripture but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I love that scripture. I've always loved it. Yeah. I think we've got that up in our house somewhere. Got a, uh, if we don't, we used to. I'm, we, you know, those things get up and down. You know how that works. It's, I'm not in charge of <laughs> I'm in charge of putting the nail on the wall to hang stuff up, but I'm not in charge of what gets hung up. Yeah. So uh, that's. Uh, but anyway, it's a neat it's a neat thing, and I like the word wait here. Yeah, those who wait for the Lord. That's tough. Yeah, you know, there's only there's God will always answer our prayers. Yes, mm-hmm. no, or wait. Mm-hmm. And man, that wait is hard. Yeah. It, it is so. That's the hardest answer you can get. Even as a kid, you know, it's. You would do better with a no sometimes rather than wait. I mean, my thing was always, well, wait just means no. They just don't want to say it. Yeah. Well, that's that's not true. Yeah. You know, there's there's times for everything, and we want things to be in our time. But that's just, that doesn't happen with God. Sometimes it might. Yeah. But sometimes it doesn't. And many times it doesn't happen in our time because we by nature are impatient. Yeah. We want it now. And, um, uh, yeah, I'm experiencing that right now personally. Um, you know, I we have at, at the college where where I coach, we've built a really good program. Mm-hmm. We've built a top 25 in the country program, and we did that in just in, in four years. Where we feel like we've done a really good job with all of that, and it's been a struggle this year to recruit, mm-hmm. and we're about to lose a good portion of our team. And recruiting has not gone well. And I keep appealing to God. I'm like, God, please help help me out here. Point me in a direction. Do something. Give mm-hmm. me a connection somewhere. Because, uh, but but I'm having to wait, and it's hard because yeah. it's like you see something that you worked really hard to build, feel like it's crumbling, and sometimes God wants us to get to that point where I think where where we just have We're to out of options. Yeah. It's yeah. got to be him. Yeah. But yeah. the the cool thing about where it, our walk with Christ is we have the ability to look back. And we yeah. have the ability to look back at last year when things were in the exact same situation where it felt a different situation was we're just crumbling and we're going to God and we're sitting alone in the sanctuary during the middle of the day and crying out, and, why God, why God? But we look back at that now and we're like, what was I so worried about? Yeah. But for whatever reason, we can't. We can't replicate that in the moment. Right. Maybe some people can. I've not. I'm not good at it. I'm not good at it. I think, well, this is worse than last time. Way worse, God. And I know he's up there just shaking his head going, when is he going to learn? But we have the ability to look back. And we should look back. You know, like I said, I've said it on here many times. Society says, charge forward and never look back. And that's a good sentiment. But looking back is where experience is, mm-hmm. and it's where wisdom is. And if you don't, you're just going to repeat the things you, the mistakes you've made in the past. And 
Well, look, looking back sometimes can help you decide how to move forward because uh, you brought up before the the Israelites getting to the Red Sea mm-hmm. and going, let's pray about this. <laughs> yeah. And God said, no, not time to pray. It's time to do. It's time yeah. to get moving. It's time to be Martha right. at that point in time. Um, but what they had to rely on was all this experience they had had with God up to this point, they knew God was going to deliver them, mm-hmm. right, based on everything they had seen. If they didn't look back and God's telling them that, they're like, whoa, what are we, we going to do? You know, it's – so I think it, you have to it, – it goes both ways, right? Yeah. Yes. It's like so so many times it's instinctive that we do this. I mean, if, if you get – if you go up to a dog to pet it three times and it bites you all three times and, and that fourth time – you think, well, I'm just going to trust the dog again. It's good. You're going to get bit again. It, you got to look at past experiences mm-hmm. to know next time you see that dog, run the other way. Yeah. But for whatever reason in our walk with Christ, we don't draw on that experience. Like I said, many people are, are much better at this than me, and, and I, I feel like I've gotten better through the years because I will just stop now and – give it a day pray about it sometimes i still make some boneheaded decisions but you you've got it you've got to pull on you've got to pull on that experience yeah um and just shut things down sometimes yep wait <laughs> here's a question in luke 10 38 through 42 which you read as our first scripture martha implied that jesus did not care about her and she gave the lord a command demanding that he force mary to assist in the serving in her busyness, Martha had taken her eyes off the Savior. Have you ever been so busy or worried and troubled about getting something done that you that you took your eyes off Jesus? What would happen if just for one day, one hour, you truly put your hope in Jesus and only Jesus? Mm. What Christian has not done sure. what she's describing here and and. Um, as I said a few minutes ago we think in earthly terms we Mm -hmm. think of our experience and what we know and that's not the way God works he doesn't work in earthly terms Mm -hmm. I mean sometimes he does but most a a lot of times we just you can't even explain Mm -hmm. the things that he does and the the contacts that he makes and the lines that he draws Um, and the truth is we have to get stuff done Mm -hmm. I mean there's no question that we have to get stuff done um we can't ignore those things and uh, I, I think about these um these road trips we take with uh, with our with our track and cross-country team um it takes a lot of work to put all that together mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a lot of things that have to happen in order for and they have to be done far ahead of time they can't be what can't wait till the day before and do them mm-hmm. you, you got to do these far ahead of time um, because things have to be approved and you know you got to you got to do all this stuff which is not my nature you know that's not my nature to you've got to be martha in those situations you got to be martha in those situations but you can also get so wrapped up mm-hmm. in all of that that you lose sight of the fact we have a track meet and i need to focus on these these ladies being able to perform their best and do their, their best thing which is what we're really here about and uh, you you you, you got to figure out how to switch that focus, and uh, that's what we do with spiritual things. We get so focused on the minutia of the things that we have, the tasks that we have to do, that we forget about the the worship service. We get mm-hmm. so worked up about 
displaying the right lyrics for a song on the screen that we miss what the lyrics say mm-hmm. and uh, that that's where we have to be careful we don't you know, want to miss out on the, the opportunity to share the gospel I think the way that Mary frames this question it reminds me of a picture that I've seen and I think I've talked about this on here before but it's a, a picture of a little girl and she's got a teddy bear mm-hmm. and you see Jesus kneeling down and he's got his hand out and and it doesn't caption it but it, it basically is Jesus saying give me the teddy bear and the little girl's holding on to it like we hold on to everything in our life. We don't mm. want to turn it over to God. But what the little girl doesn't see is Jesus has his arm around his back with a much bigger teddy bear. Mm. And you see the girl just clenching on it. And that is a picture of us in everything. We know God is saying, give it to me. Give it to me. And we're like, no, God, you need help here. <laughs> and that is so, I mean, how arrogant. Yeah. Are we sometimes yeah. when dealing with God because we think God needs our help? Yeah. And just like that little girl was like, no, this is my teddy bear. Jesus has always got something much. When Jesus asks us to give something to him or when we're convicted to give something to Jesus, there's always something better. But the problem is we don't many times know what it is. Yeah. And that's, that's where faith comes in. Mm-hmm. And we, Many times we call ourselves believers, and we are believers, but we we, we don't want to we don't want to step out of that boat, yeah, because we think, well, this might be the time that God's going to mess up. <laughs> We've got uh, quite quite an extensive history, three thousand year old document here saying that He's never messed up. Yep. Why can't we get it, Dean? Why can't we? I don't know. I wish I knew. Yeah. What human nature? You know, it's it's the, the flawed nature of who we are started in the Garden of Eden. But we just we just got to keep working at it, That's and it. we'll get better. That's it. And we do get better. And we look back to see that we've gotten better. That's I right. can look back and see that ten years ago or today, I have much more faith than I had ten years ago. For sure, absolutely, yep. Another question. Martha's response to John, uh, to John eleven twenty five and 26, is one of great faith and understanding of Jesus' divine nature. She says, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come to the, into the world, which is verse 27. Martha's faith was rewarded that very day as she witnessed her brother's miraculous resurrection from the dead. So, do you believe this? I think this <laughs> this verse, it, it, when I read it, it takes me right back to Matthew sixteen fifteen when when Jesus is talking to Peter, and you know they're all just running their mouths saying people are saying this about you. They're saying you're this person, this person. You're 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 a prophet. You know all these different things. But Jesus just quiets the crowd and he says, Peter. He makes it personal. Number one, just like he did here to Martha, who do you say that I am? Mm-hmm. Man, that's so impactful that we we like the chaos many times. Yeah. But Jesus will often quieten the room in our spirit and say, but who do you say that I am? Yep. Do hey. you have faith to hand this to me? Are you going to do what I'm asking you to do? Mm-hmm. And but, but we can only do that when we, we get quiet. Yep. And we're all confronted with that question at some point or another. If you're a Christian, you've been confronted with that sure. question. You're going to be confronted again with yeah. that question. And and it's why it's so important that we share Jesus with others. Can you imagine getting to heaven and being confronted with the people, the names of the people who 
you did not share Christ with. Mm-hmm. Can you can you imagine that? Um, can you? Can, I, the thought of that. Now I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. Please don't don't hear something I'm not saying. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying theologically that's going to happen, and yeah. that, that the Bible tells us it doesn't tell us that. But think about how many missed opportunities um, we have, um, and it's it's because of who we believe Jesus is. Mm-hmm. If we truly believe, and we talked on this podcast not long ago about Penn Jillette, mm-hmm. and when he said, how much do you have to hate me to not share this answer to every problem I have? Why would you not share that with me? Sure. And and that's coming from an atheist. Mm-hmm. Um, th- that's why this verse is so important. Is because if he is who we're saying he is, and he is who he says he is, and he is who Martha said he is, and he is who Peter said he was, then we are going to we can't we can't help it. We have to share that news with everybody. You know, if we knew that there was a pot behind a building somewhere that every time you reached into it, you pulled out a hundred dollar bill, and that that pot was endless, how many people would we tell about that pot? We tell everybody about everybody we know that we like that we're friends with. We would tell them about that pot and we would tell them all go over there and get your hundred dollars. How much more important is it to tell them about Jesus? Yeah, man. Um, question three, but they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles and they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And that's Isaiah forty thirty one. Notice it does not say those who work for the Lord, but those who wait for him. This isn't about doing our part and asking God to do the rest. God's greatness is not just that he's strong, but that he's strong for us. This isn't about showing God how strong we are and asking him to give us a bit more. No, here we admit that we don't have the strength we need. We acknowledge that we need the strength only he can give, and we wait for him, which is more than just passing time. In Hebrew, this word carries with it a sense of hopeful expectation. In the midst of hardship, do you look to him as the one who works all things together for our good? You know, I, you hear it said a lot that many times your biggest breakthroughs are preceded by your deepest valleys. Um, and I think it's for this reason. We, we, God will often bring us to a place where we get rid of ourselves because mm-hmm. we're so full of ourselves. <laughs> and God will bring us to why do why do bad things happen to good people? A lot of times it's so He can get our attention. Yeah. And. There's no better way to get somebody's attention than to drag them down in a valley. Not that God drags us into valleys, but he allows us to walk down in them on our own accord. Right. Um, and if <laughs> without God, that's usually what we do. Right. We wander off down into some pit that we've got no business being there, and there's caution tape around it. <laughs> but we wander off down in there, this and caution, it's like God this, say, okay. This caution tape must be for somebody else. Yeah, head on down in there. <laughs> yeah. And then you'll realize you're you're weak and i can get you out and i will get you out but you got to turn around yeah at some point you got to turn around yep yep yeah when things get uh get bad too I, i've noticed this about about people in general and if our relationship with christ is strong if we're spending and this is why it's so important for us to spend time with him daily is typically when we go into that pit and we cross that caution tape we're going to go one direction or the other we're either going to go in the direction of Okay, God, I need your help. I need you. I need, 
or we're going to go in the in the direction of God, why did you let me do this mm-hmm. and be bitter about it? Mm-hmm. And um, it, I th- it's important. We, we either run to God or away from God sure. in those moments when we get low. And the truth is, is God, God allows us to get there because he wants us to run to him mm-hmm. and not, not away from him. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen so many people who are just, they're upset with God, you know, maybe because of a death in the family or something like that. Um, and it's sad when that happens. Mm-hmm. Um but again, it's why we have to be so well grounded before those things happen. Because once it happens, you can't go back, you know, right. and, and and ground your faith to the time before it happened. And so it's so important for us to be focused in on God and who God is all the time. And you know what? We can <laughs> this just hit me. We Martha is the type of person who would every morning get up and have her quiet time. Mm-hmm. because she's a doer she's ah. she's going to check that off her to-do list yeah. and now we don't want to do that as a checkoff list sure. but at the same time when we do it as a checkoff list we'll we find god in those moments sure. where sometimes when we least expect it when we're just trying to get something done yeah. and uh and so yeah i think that's that's an interesting way to pull yeah. all this back together yeah, for right sure yeah At Run For God, we care about more than just your exercise. We care about your relationship with God, and we believe that the music you listen to while you run can help you build your relationship with God. That's why we partner with J Radio. J Radio offers a variety of positive and Christian playlists to listen to while you run. You can find a playlist that I put together on the Run For God station at J Radio. All right, we're back. And, you know, do you know Flagstaff, Arizona has become the place to train in the United States? Yeah, there's a few places, and I think Tucson's up there, and there's a there's a few places. Flagstaff is at altitude, though, right? It is, yeah. and that's, that's why, right. for distance runners, sure. that's that's the place now to train. It used to be Boulder, Colorado. There used to be a ton of people in Boulder, and now Flagstaff seems to be the preferred place to go. I think Boulder um, got pretty expensive. Well, that may be why. And if you're, you know— a getting started professional runner you can't afford to live in boulder anymore. that's for sure that's for <laughs> sure yeah uh and of course you know that that's where northern arizona university is they are dominating the cross-country world these days um northern arizona elite is another elite group that that trains in in there um and so i think them and probably bowerman probably the two most noted professional groups in this country maybe with maybe hansons as well they're pretty they're pretty big as well um but yeah, they're 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 big. But anyway, um, there's a lot of people going to Flagstaff from all over the world. Uh, that, you know, they, some you know for some people, you know how people go where celebrities are mm-hmm. uh, because they want they want to go they go to Hollywood hoping to run into a celebrity. Well, people go to Flagstaff hoping to run into whatever big name runner mm-hmm. you're, you're you're thinking of. Um, and yeah, it, it is at seven thousand feet ele- elevation, so it is a if you don't understand altitude training when you when you run it at over probably anything over about five thousand mm-hmm. feet there, there it gets to be harder to breathe your body has to work harder your body produces more red blood cells and it it, it helps when you go back down to sea level to be able to run better because you process that oxygen better and so uh, not to mention in arizona if you're any if you're anywhere in the southwest in the summertime it gets so hot mm-hmm. and so it, it, it north it, at 
excuse me, Flagstaff, Arizona, it's a little cooler because mm-hmm. it is at altitude. So, um, so a lot of these people, what they do, they train a lot in Flagstaff, but then they go down. Sedona is like at five thousand feet, so mm-hmm. it's a, it's significantly lower, significantly easier to run. So a lot of them will go down to Sedona to run on the track down in Savannah, down in Sedona. It's not too far away, and so uh, it's uh, it's a good place to train. So recently, I was reading this crazy story. I say all that to say this. I was reading this crazy story where somebody apparently did something crazy on this high school track. I think it was a high school track in Sedona, Arizona. Let's just say they relieved themselves somewhere on or around the track. And it was just a disgusting, horrible, terrible thing. And what happened is that the the school has now closed that track down to the public. Mm. And... Um, some of these professional groups still have access to the track, but you know, if you or I go to, to Flagstaff and we're training and then we want to r- go down to Sedona for a track workout, we can't do it because we can't get on that track. Now, why do I bring all that up? I bring all that up because I hear from people all the time that say that their local high school won't allow them to get on the track. And this is why. Because things like this happen. So here's what I here's what I say to everybody out there who, like us, we, every track in our area will allow us on the track. Mm-hmm. There are, there's lots of tracks around our area for us to be able to use, and it's fabulous. It's great for 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 us. We can't take that for granted. Mm-hmm. What I do a lot of times is if I if if our girls, for example, they they work out at at one of the local high schools, and sometimes when they're warming up, I'll walk around and I'll pick up trash mm-hmm. and go throw it in a dumpster. Um, I we try to leave it better than we find it, and if all of us do that, sooner or later, some of these some of these places that have closed these tracks down, maybe they'll open them up mm-hmm. when they realize there's not a problem to deal with so i just say that because leave whatever whatever you're using if you're on a trail whatever Mm -hmm. you're doing leave it better than you found it sure you know uh it's just it's it's just the right way to do everything anyway sure um yeah i I know you feel that way yeah yeah i picked up a bag of garbage out of our we have a little piece of property down the road here yeah i could pick up a bag of garbage a week wow it's about i don't know Eight or nine hundred foot of road frontage that we have, and people just throw I don't, stuff. Out I don't get it. I, two McDonald's bags and a Wendy's bag yesterday, and uh, I just—it's probably a good thing that I've never seen anybody actually do it. because <laughs> yeah. It would really make me upset. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you're right. It's that's that's another way we show Christ. That's exactly. is by doing things that people don't ask us to do. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's very good. Very good. All right, it is a time for Dean's Thoughts. That's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. Does everybody out there know who Charles Barkley is? (laughs) There are a million stories about Charles Barkley. Um, But here's a good one. Some of them are not so good. This is a good one. This is called Strengths and Weaknesses. NBA Hall of Fame basketball player Charles Barkley tells a story about how changing teams made him a better player. His first coach in the NBA was obsessed with the fact that Barkley was not a very proficient free throw shooter. He wanted him to practice shooting free throws as much as possible to shore up this weak spot in his game. It was a source of tension between player and coach. The coach felt like they were leaving free points on the court when those free throws were not converted. And, of course, it added tension to the player every time he stepped to the free throw line. 
Fast forward to a new start after he was traded to another team. The new, t- the new coach told Barkley that he knew he was not a great free throw shooter, but that was okay. He wanted his new star player to focus on all the other aspects of his game and do the best he could with the free throws. Well, what do you think happened? You guessed it. He became better at every facet of the game. It is amazing what can happen when you can just relax and focus on your strengths. For me, running is a strength. It's a talent that God gave me. But that's not the case for most people who run. If someone needs a singer, they don't call me. Why? Well, if I'm saying it in a nice way, I am a poor singer. I'm sure we have some talented runners among our Run for God folks, but the truth is that most runners are like Charles Barkley's free throws. They're okay, but there are many who are better. I'll never forget reading a book by Marcus Buckingham called The One Thing You Need to Know. It quite literally changed my life. You see, the one thing you need to know is to focus on your strengths instead of working endlessly on something where you're never going to be the best. Now, it is important to realize that Barkley still had to shoot his free throws. As a physical player, he shot a lot of free throws, too. But if he focused on his rebounding and points in the paint, he would more than make up for his missed free throws. In the end, he was a Hall of Famer, so it obviously worked out. If you're not the best runner in your state or county or neighborhood or even your household, don't fret. Continue to focus on being a great mother, father, employee, and or most importantly, the best Christian you can be. We all have gifts. How do we know? Well, the Bible says in Romans 12, 6 through 8, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. The Bible addresses our gifts as self-evident. In other words, we all have gifts. Let me give you an example of a gift that many of you will be familiar with. Angie Hawkins has the gift of encouragement, right? If you spent one minute on the Run Club Facebook page, you know it. Do you know what Angie is doing? She's using the gift God gave her. Now, does that that mean that Angie gives up everything else so she can be an encouragement to as many people as possible? Well, absolutely not. Why? Well, because all the other things she does puts her in a position where she can encourage others. You see, she can't be as effective if she just laid around the house all day and stayed on Facebook. She needs her own example to show others it can be done and to keep herself strong enough to continue doing the things she does. We need to focus on our God-given talents and use them to further the kingdom of God. And we need to do all the other things we must do to be in a position to use those gifts. Charles Barkley had to shoot free throws if he was going to play basketball so that he could showcase his other skills, like being one of the best rebounders in NBA history. For most of you, running is an activity you do to keep yourself fit. That is important to anything you do. But running may not be the talent that God gave you. That's okay, but it will still help you be able to do the other things. The relationships you form through running allow you to be connected to more people and to be a blessing to to them using whatever gift God did give you. Running also helps us keep a strong body so that we can do more of the work God has for us to do. Charles Barkley found out that the one thing he needed to know was to focus on his strengths and the best he could do and do the best he could with those free throws. 
What is the one thing you need to know? What talent did God give you? Use it for his glory and keep running so that you have more opportunities to do that thing you're good at. That's an awesome story, Dean. <laughs> the big mound of rebound, they called him. <laughs> you know, when Charles Barkley got in the NBA, he was 290 pounds. Really? He was only 6'5". When you say 290 pounds, you think, well, that guy must be seven foot two inches tall. Nope. 6'5", 290 pounds. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't know a lot about Charles Barkley. That was a little bit before... Kind of before my time. Um, but yeah, I know he's a pretty outspoken guy now. Yes, he yeah. is. He and is. A lot. Yeah. But here's what was interesting about uh, him, too, and his whole weight thing. So he goes into the NBA at 290 pounds, and he, he, he gets on a team with Moses Malone. Now, Moses Malone is another Hall of Famer. Um, Moses Malone was at the top of the charts in a lot of things, rebounds and points and lots of different things. Great, great player. And – he was talking with Moses, and Moses told him, basically said, you're fat and you're lazy. <laughs> I mean, just as direct as he could be. And um, Charles Barkley was, you know, he's taken back by it, but he said, well, what do you think I need to do? He said, I need you to lose 10 pounds. So Charles Barkley lost 10 pounds, and he got down to, two, I think, it's two, 270 at the time. And uh, he got to that point, and he started playing a little bit better. And Moses Malone said, okay, I need you to lose 10 more pounds. So he loses 10 more pounds, and he plays even better. And then he gets down, and he loses 10 more pounds. And, and each time he's doing this, he gives him another 10 pounds to lose, and each time he plays a little bit better. He gets down to 250 pounds. And he's playing the best he's ever played in his life. He's moving up and down the court better than ever. He's doing everything he's doing is better. And uh, so so Malone comes to him and says, okay, I want you to try I want to try one. I just want to see one more. Let's let's go ten more pounds. So he goes down to two forty, and all of a sudden now he feels sluggish and things aren't working out good. He said, "Yeah, I didn't. I, th I thought that might be a bridge too far. Let's go back to two fifty. And he played at two fifty for the rest of his career. Really? Yes. Isn't that a fantastic story? Yeah. Because yeah. you know how many of us have had somebody? Well, you with Run for God. You know how many of us have had somebody who said some pointed words to us sure. that were really could be taken as hurtful, mm -hmm. but they were really constructive in the long run, and that's what. Moses Malone was to him. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the premise of this story. You know, I coach in triathlon for years. You see this a lot in triathlon. Somebody's, you know, they're a great biker and a great runner, but not a great swimmer. And many coaches will say, okay, you take all winter and you work on your swim. Don't even focus on everything else. Mm -hmm. And everything else suffers. Mm -hmm. And I've always been more of the balanced approach. You know, you, mm -hmm. you, you, you need to work harder on your strengths because mm -hmm. That's where you have the most opportunity. Yep. Um, I mean, Lane, for instance, used to not be that great of a swimmer, but we never really focused on the swim. We we kept working on his strengths, which is the bike and the run. But now his swim is caught back up because you become a better overall athlete by doing what you do best, and that naturally, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats. Well, in this case, it lifted the swim, the bike, and the run. Yep. Um, but we do this in our, our personal life, too. You know, we're – we, we we focus on one thing that we want to be good at, and we put all our time, energy, and effort into that. Meanwhile, everything else suffers. Um, so, yeah, that's a, that's a great story, Dean. Yeah, there's a reason why when it comes to the organization throughout Run for God, mm -hmm. you're the guy because you're a great organizer. I would the, argue that Holly and Gay. Well, Holly and Gay, yeah, you're probably. The, I mean, they tell us what to do. That's true. So. That's, that's true. But when it comes, yeah, you know, but when it comes to the rah-rah, uh, 
I'll, I'll get in line for that, yeah. you know, because that's that's kind of my thing. Right. Yeah. So we're all we all we just and, and when it comes to I, I've mentioned her before. It's been a while since I think I have mentioned it. But we had a lady that was in our church who used to she used to write cards mm-hmm. or she used to she would tape a penny to a piece of paper and send it to you with a handwritten note. She would send it just send you any little mm-hmm. trinket whatever but that was her ministry mm-hmm. was just to reach out to people and just be encouraging to them through mail mm-hmm. and um that was a creative way to do it. it didn't cost her hardly anything she just this was just what she did and it was so impactful to me i know and i'm sure to so many others and so i hear so many people say i don't have a talent yeah how much talent does it take to do what she did yeah but you can find something that you can find joy in that you can do and it, it, to help other well, people. Well, I mean, and I didn't, I didn't know you were going to bring her up, but since you did, I'll, I'll mention her again. You know, Angie, most people think Angie's a big marathon runner. Angie's yeah. never run a marathon. Yeah. And she pretty bluntly says that she don't think she will, which, but she, she knows where her talent is in this ministry and it is the encouraging and getting in the car and her and Patrick going and, and running week eight with somebody. She, she could be she could get bogged down in the fact that she's never run a marathon and you know try to but that's that's not where her strength is she Mm -hmm. she stays fit she stays really fit but her talent in this ministry is the encouragement she does Mm -hmm. a great job at it and we have so many other people that are the same way you know i know brian and elizabeth have loaded Mm -hmm. up and went to run with people before and and i was actually talking to patrick angie's husband just just this past weekend about this very thing and and he was kind of opening my eyes that there's a lot of people in this ministry who have many different talents and skill sets outside of what we do what are the best ways that we can engage those people mm-hmm. and and i love that patrick brought that up because that's somewhere that i'm not good that is delegation is is not my strength yeah um and asking people to do things because i I, i'm the doer i'm like mary you know i'll I'll just do it myself and but that limits us it limits this ministry many times and um yeah i mean this this story goes right along with with kind of everything that i've been talking about this past week yeah and as bringing it all back to charles barkley the fact that he was able to go, okay, I'm going to focus on being a great rebounder because that's mm-hmm. where my strength is, mm-hmm. made him a better overall player. Uh, and it works that way for all of us. Is yeah. We can be better witnesses for Christ when we're focusing on the things that not only that we're good at, but the things we enjoy, mm-hmm. you know, makes a big difference. Do you struggle with motivation to exercise? Are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you? The Run for God Run Club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter, healthier you. Stop trying to get into better shape and do it. With the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. Whether you're participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at www.runforgod.com. All right, so we're back. And, you know, we just had the USA Indoor Championships 
And nobody cares. I didn't even know that. <laughs> That's what I figured. <laughs> uh, you know, indoor track's a weird thing. Because the truth is, is that most most runners don't really like indoor track. Mm-hmm. And it's like this thing that we stuck in between cross country and outdoor track to have something to do to keep us in shape or something. I mean, I would say running on an indoor track is just a, a, a minor step above running on a treadmill. And nobody really wants to do that. People love being outside. Yes and no. Yeah. Yes and no. Now, running, just just running on an indoor track for sure. But the races on an indoor track are different from outdoor. Yeah. For example, a 400 meters. When you run 400 meters outdoors, you, you run in a single lane for the entire race, right? Mm-hmm. Well, indoors, it doesn't work that way. You run one lap in a single lane, and then everybody everybody cuts in and everybody's on the inside and so in order to pass somebody you gotta go around them mm. on the indoor track it, it makes for a whole different dynamic yeah um, when 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 racing and i, I think that's exciting yeah. the the elbows and the, the jostling it's a physical race it, it gets really physical yeah. um, in a lot of those races where whereas outdoor there's lots of space and and the, the turns aren't so sharp so you're not so focused on being right there on the inside lane and uh, yeah, it makes makes a difference. Hmm. Yeah, he, he, uh, but in the state of Georgia, indoor track is is almost not even a thing because we don't have a single, as far as I know, a single indoor track in the state of Georgia, and, you, and only one in Alabama. Yeah, and you know, uh, um, UGA huge track program. I mean, hugely successful track yeah. program. The SEC is probably the best track. Um, conference in the country and they're among the best in the SEC in, in track and they don't have mm-hmm. an indoor track facility so well, uh, I mean if you think about it there's really not much else you can do with an indoor track facility outside of track even though Lane said because I've never been to the Birmingham but he said that that thing goes flat mm-hmm. and then they race so I guess if enough thought was put into it, you could you could have an indoor track be part of a basketball arena. Mm-hmm. If everything went flat, I would I would think. But I guess is indoor track is that a fairly new thing? I don't I don't even know the history of indoor track. No, it's been around for a long time. At least as long as like basketball. Yeah, probably not quite as long as basketball. Probably yeah. less than basketball. I'd say in the '60s, probably late '60s, probably when indoor track started becoming a thing. Yeah, if I'm guessing, that's a, that's off the top of my head. But anyway, it's just an interesting thing. I would just say it's simply because it's a very expensive building, and there's I'm not sure. a whole lot you can do with it, right. Other than that, right, right. Yeah, we were just at the University of Houston a few weeks ago, um, where their track is clearly a put together track that's sitting on top of a floor. It is like Madison Square Garden. They have track meets at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Well, they they do other sports there. They pull that track out and they put it together to have it. Yeah. Uh, to have a track meet there. So. It's kind of like the big swim meets nowadays it's not actually a pool it's something they bring in and put together stick a liner in it and i didn't realize that yeah the u.s olympic trials in nebraska there's not a pool at that facility huh they build it wow and it's basically panels and walls that they stand up and then fill it up with water from looking at the on tv looks like a regular pool but it's they break it down and take it out when they're done that's fascinating i had no idea that's pretty cool 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, even our, like our basketball team, uh, that Dalton State, mm-hmm. when they play a game, they play at the, the Trade Center. Yeah. And they have to take that floor out and put it together sure. so they can play on it. And then they put it back up when they get done so they can do other things in that in that arena. You would think they could do the same thing with a with a track. I would imagine a track takes up more space than a basketball court does. Um, I would think they could do a track meet at the Trade Center. They could. Yeah, there's yeah. there's enough space there. Yeah. Are there any indoor tracks that aren't banked? Yes. Well, I don't know about today. I know there used to be. When I was in college, I remember running on a non-banked indoor track at the mm. University of Tennessee. Okay. Uh, but, um, yeah, University of Florida also had a, a flat one. So did Middle Tennessee. A lot of a lot of flat ones back yeah. then. Now a lot of them are, are are banked. And some of them now are 300 meters, too. So, mm. obviously, you got, got a bigger building for that. Yeah. But. Anyway, Cole Hawker, we've talked about him on here before. He won two USA races, uh, 1,500 and 3,000. He's a perfect fit for uh, for indoor track because Cole Hawker, I've never seen anybody like him. He is the poorest race executor on earth that I know of. I mean, the guy is never in a good position. He just fights his way to wherever he <laughs> needs to be, <laughs> and he's just that talented. And uh, I remember watching him, and when he beat Matt Centrowitz, um, I, I was just I was astounded because Matt Centrowitz is the tactician. There's nobody on the track that's better at it mm-hmm. than Matt Centrowitz. He's never in a bad position. Cole Hawker is always in a bad position, and he wound up beating him. So it was interesting. All right. Speaking of indoor track, how about a trivia question about indoor track? I mean, if we're going to go there, let's just go there. I, I don't know this one. I'll go ahead and say it before I even look at it. I don't know this one. <laughs> Uh, and mostly, a lot of times I ask these these questions in a way so I can talk about somebody I I, I want to talk about, and this is this is the case. For I've this figured one. that out through yeah, the years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. There was a man back in the late seventies and early eighties who was known as the chairman of the boards because he was great at running indoor track. Who was he, and what country was he from? I don't know this one. That when I say what country was he from, that probably probably means he wasn't. He might not have been from the United States, huh? Or it could be a trick question like this past week. Could be. Yeah. You just don't know. You never yeah. know with Dean. I'll go any direction. <laughs> now, if you know the answer to that question, or if you've Googled it and you found the answer to that question, send it to Dean at runforgod.com, and the first one to answer, we will send you a Run For God Tumblr. Yeah. So, uh Get to get those answers in. You never know. I've had sometimes I get flooded with answers like early, and then sometimes I don't get an answer until Thursday. I mean, really? It, yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's and maybe it has something to do with the question that's asked. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, don't be afraid to go ahead and answer. You may be surprised. This one may be the one you don't get many answers till Thursday because nobody cares about indoor track. Such <laughs> <Except laughs> a fact. <laughs> All right, every week I share a reason why running is so awesome. And uh, this is the reason this week. Um, it may be the most flexible sport in the world. I mean, we just talked about indoor track, right? We also have roads that we run on. We got regular tracks, outdoor tracks. We got trails. We have paths. We have all sorts of places we can run. We can even run in an airport. And I know because I've done it. I ran three miles in the Atlanta airport one time. And it wasn't even repetitive, like round and round in circles. It's just that's how big the Atlanta airport yeah, is. Yeah. So that was an out and back three miler. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah. So that's what I love about running is we can do it. We can do it on vacation. Um, 
you, you can't do that with things like baseball and basketball yeah. and things. I mean, I guess you can to some degree, but it's hard. All you need is a pair of shoes. That's it. That's it. Yep. It's a little bit like golf, but with golf, you have to have a course to play at. Inexpensive clubs. Yeah, it's expensive. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. You got to have the right shirt. Yeah. Yeah. You can't go to a golf. Most golf courses nowadays with a t-shirt on. Oh, I know. Isn't that? I, that's just so pretentious. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, the gym. But they have the $80 polo right there that you can buy. Yeah. You can go ahead and buy that and put it on. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, it's awesome. Yeah. It's easy to carry running shoes around, isn't it? Yep. Our motivational thought of the thought of the week comes from Deepak Chopra, who is uh, not the, the the an example of being a Christian. Um, however, um, I love this what what he said here. He says, "Don't try to steer the river." Mm. You know, God has a path for us, and a lot of times we look at that. We look at that if if we look at that river as it's God's path for us, we're busy trying to turn around and swim upstream <laughs> rather than going with the flow where god wants us to go um and 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 so often we're, we're just fighting against god um i think about that we've told the story on here before about my first open water swim and it was against the current in a river um purposefully but it was and not a real strong current but it was that was that was that was rough yeah um, and that's what we do all the time with god right um i a lot of times when I'm running, um, and I'm, maybe I'm having a rough day or whatever, uh, sometimes I think just just take take what the road gives you is the phrase that runs over and over in my head. Mm-hmm. Is that, that that to me means to do the best you can with what you've got mm-hmm. and um, get the maximum you can out of what you're doing right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the way it is with with God's path for us. I think. Sure. Absolutely. Yep. yep. All right. Um, it's funny how God can use a guy who's kind of an anti-God guy uh, and have a, a great thought from him anyway. They do from time to time. God can use anybody. All right, now if you're out there and you maybe this is your first time listening to this, maybe you came to us through the Guidepost correspondence, go to runforgod.com. Check us out. Um, 27 cents a day, the greatest club in the world. We want you to join us. Yeah, absolutely. And and rate the rate the podcast too. That apparently helps us in some way. So yeah, go out there and sure. give us some five-star reviews and that uh, that helps push it out there so more people can hear about what we're doing. And uh, we want to share it because we're sharing the word of Jesus and there's yeah. nothing more important than that. All right. Now may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.